Welcome to this week's virtual drosha. This week we have the incredible privilege to read Parshas B'Shalach. And of course, center stage, center stage in the parasha is the Shira Sayam, the beautiful song that Klal Yisrael sang under the leadership of Moshe Rabbeinu upon successfully navigating through the tumultuous straits of the Red Sea. And we know the story. We know the story. Klal Yisrael traverses the body of water. They look back. They see those very stationary waves now come down and pummel and destroy the Egyptian army. And it was in that moment that our freedom was cemented. In that moment that Geula, that redemption was truly concretized. And Klal Yisrael was so moved that they couldn't simply express themselves in regular words, but they broke into beautiful, victorious Shira, led by Moshe Rabbeinu, Oz Yashir Moshe Vnei Yisrael Shira Hazos. Moshe Rabbeinu led Klal Yisrael in the Shira. And the Shira itself, Taught has so many thematic elements. It's praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, praise of the power, of the prowess, of the providence of the Ribbon Shalom. But it also, Shira also captures the recognition that Klal Yisrael had about how much Hashem loved them. After all, they just saw the Ribbon Shalom pretty much decimate the mightiest power on the face of the civilized world. Why? To save his fledgling nation. To, to cement a future and a destiny for Klal Yisrael. And we were so overwhelmed by that expression of divine love that we're motivated not to speak to Hashem, but to sing to Hashem. But I want to draw your attention to something fascinating which happens before the splitting of the sea. The Torah says this is in Parik Yudali, Pasuk Yud. Pasuk Yud. And I guess in, in, in backdrop to this, or kind of in a more panoramic view, we speak about many times that it's always fascinating to see what the Torah spends time on and what the Torah really even never mentions, or at most mentions in a nuanced fashion. When you look at the details of the story leading up to the splitting of the sea, the Torah spares no detail. We're, we're given the blow-by-blow, blow, the play-by-play. We, we, we get everything. Nothing is left to the imagination. Everything is explicitly spelled out to us. We know what Klal Yisrael is doing. We know what Moshe Rabbeinu is doing. We know what Klal Yisrael is doing with Moshe. Moshe with Klal Yisrael. Moshe with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Every detail is spelled out. And in general, whenever you see such specificity and such heightened level of detail within a story, one has to wonder why. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what are you trying to teach us? You know, I always like to contrast, if you think about it, we put out, right, this whole great supposed to put on tefillin every single day. So tefillin are black and square. How do we know that? You won't find that anywhere written in the Torah Shebech Sav, nowhere written in the, in, in, the, in the written law of the Torah. Okay, Torah Shabbat Peh, Halacha Lemoshim Sinai. So here there's a mitzvah that we perform each and every day, and yet the details of it are not even contained in the Chumash. Okay, the general mitzvah to wear tefillin, but what tefillin are supposed to look like, how you're supposed to fashion them. And again, that's just one simple example amongst many examples. You could give so many dramatic examples of things that are activities, or I shouldn't say things, mitzvos, religious rituals and rites that are activities of daily living, yet almost no detail. And yet we have stories like this one in which we go into incredible detail. But we know the answer because the stories are not here for story's sake. The stories are here because they teach us dramatic, important, and pivotal life lessons. I want to show you an example of this. The Torah says, Parak Yodalit Pasak Yod, chapter 14, verse 10. Uparo Hikriv. So imagine the scene. Kanal Yisrael standing at the banks of the Red Sea. They look back and they see the Egyptians. Egyptians in hot pursuit. And in every moment, the Egyptians are getting closer and closer and closer. Kalal Yisrael looks back and what happens? Vayiru ma'od, they were very scared. Vayitz'aku b'nei Yisrael el Hashem. 
And Kalal Yisrael calls out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They cry out to Hashem. And Rashi HaKadosh says something very beautiful. What does it mean they cried out to Hashem? Because there are different types of cries. Right? It could be a cry from pain, a cry from desperation. What kind of cry? And Rashi says something so beautiful. Tafsu Umanus Avosam. They literally seized the tools of the trade of their ancestors. And Rashi goes on to give examples. Avram Avinu, Davind. Yitzchok, Davind. Yaakov, Davind. All in different ways and all in different times, but they all Davind. What did Klal Yisrael do in that moment of desperation, in that moment of difficulty? Tafsu Omenosavosam. They seized the tools of the trade of their ancestors. They Davind. And this is interesting, because as opposed to previous tzaakos crying out, which we learned about when the Jews were enslaved, those were cries of pain. This was a targeted, prayerful cry. They were davening. They were davening to Hashem. Now, why were they davening to Hashem? Because they have this religious epiphany that at the end of the day, everything is in God's hands. Everything is in the hands of the Yibbana Sholem. At the end of the day, we have absolutely no control over this situation. So what do you do in life in those moments of clarity when you realize you have no control? As David HaMelech writes, Hashleich yahavcha al Hashem Cast your burden on Hashem and Hashem will take care of you. So says Rashi HaKadosh, Vayitzaku b'nei Yisrael el Hashem. They cried out. This wasn't a cry of pain. It wasn't a cry of desperation. It wasn't a cry of sadness. It was a cry of prayer. It was a cry of giving over yourself in your totality to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Yet, look at the next Pasuk. The next Pasuk is they turn to Moshe Rabbeinu. And they say, Vayomru al Moshe, Hamibli in kivarem b'mitzrayim lekachtanu lamos bamidbar. Moshe, why did you take us out to die? Why did you take us out to die in the desert? Right? After all, again, so, why did you take us out of Egypt? So, what, what's, what's going on over here? What's going on over here? A moment ago, Kalal Yisrael seized the most powerful tool that a Jew has, the power of prayer. It was almost like this cathartic moment where we transformed from slaves to the children of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. We're davening. HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ein lonu amil ela alavinu We can rely on no one but you. An incredible moment of theological growth, self-transcendence, actualization, incredible. And then the next... Moshe, this is what you did for us. You took us out of Egypt to die in the desert. So what's the pshat? And I think what the Torah is teaching us is an incredibly profound lesson, which is about the power of change. As more specifically, the power of instantaneous change. Now the truth is, this may be an example of negative instantaneous change. This may be an example of how one moment you could be on the highest of high. On the one moment you could recognize that you know what, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's all biyadcha, it's all in your hands, and I give myself over to you. And the next moment you could turn into a complaining, complaining, really ingrate, who just goes ahead and lashes out at the closest person next to you, which in this case was Moshe Rabbeinu. You could go from the highest of high to the lowest of low, and how long does it take? How long does it take? Not even one word. One Pasuk to one Pasuk, highest of the high to the lowest of the low. Because instantaneous change is possible. 
And perhaps that's why the Torah is going into such incredible dramatic detail. Because remember, what happens next? What happens next? They, they complain for a little while. Then after the complaint, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe, listen, tell the people to go. And then something amazing happens, which is, we went. We walked into the sea. We walked into the raging sea. So the same cloudy soul who recognized we have no one to rely on but HaKadosh Baruch Hu, incredible Amuna, incredible Bitachon, then lashing out at Moshe Rabbeinu, what did you do to us? And then we go into the sea. Do you know why the Torah goes into such dramatic detail regarding this story? To teach us about the possibility of instantaneous change. To teach us about the ability to literally turn yourself around moment to moment. But it works both ways. It works both ways. It works from positive to negative. But if I could go ahead and chas v'shalom, turn myself around from the highest of high to the lowest of low in just a moment, then the opposite is absolutely, certainly true. That I could take myself from the lowest of the low and catapult myself to the highest of the high. Literally in a moment's notice, on a dime, keheref ayin, in the blink of an eye. Rav Avram Yitzchak Kok, in his Sefer Oros HaTshuva, discusses this idea. And Rav Kook says this is in the second chapter of Oros HaTshuva. He says there are two different models of tshuva, two different models of comprehensive cathartic change. Tshuva pitomis, literally instantaneous tshuva, instantaneous change, and tshuva hadragis, gradual change. Gradual change. And Rav Cook in this parak, this incredible parak, goes on and describes these different models. And he describes, and again, different models work for different ways. And I think we often think that gradual change is usually better because you could sustain it, which, which may be true. But yet Rav Cook himself posits that it could be that Shuva Pitomis, instantaneous change, is maybe even a higher level. The ability to fundamentally and completely turn myself around at a moment's notice is such a dramatic display of personalistic prowess and power. The ability to say no more, no more, I don't want to be that person anymore. I want to be something else. I want to be someone else. And the ability to affect that change here and now is such a dramatic display of personalistic koach. And I believe that that's what the Torah HaKidosha is trying to show us in this story that instantaneous change is possible. Different models of change work for different people. And the truth is, you know, conventional wisdom is, as we said before, tshuva hadragis, gradual change, is usually the way to go. Make a plan, make a plan, go ahead and map out the steps to your plan, and gradually, like the ladder, like the ladder, go step by step by step, affecting change in your life. Will the comprehensive change occur? Of course. But make it a little bit more spread out. Make it a little bit more gradual. And first of all, you could swallow it a little bit easier. And then hopefully you'll have a better opportunity to, to keep that change. But dear friends, we know sometimes in life, something has to change and it just has to change now. Sometimes like, I, don't, I, don't have the, I don't have the time for gradual change. And this could happen in so many different areas in life. It could happen in relationships. That if I don't make a change in this relationship right now, if I don't make a change in my marriage, if I don't make a change with the way I interact with my children, I'll lose. I'll lose my wife. I'll lose my children. I'll, I'll lose this kesher. There's no time for gradual. i got to turn it around now. Or sometimes I've just been engaged in negative behaviors for so long that I, I feel like I'm on, the, I'm on the edge of the cliff. And if I don't do something dramatic to get myself back on track, I run the risk, chas v'shalom, of falling off and disappearing into oblivion. Gradual change is great. 
but sometimes you need to create or to affect instantaneous change. Sometimes I need things to change and I need them to change now. I, but a person says, impossible. Instantaneous change, no one could change on a dime. No one could change, you know, with a, with a blink of an eye. It takes time. It's not true. Parak Yud Dalid, Psukim Yud, and Yud Aleph show us that instantaneous change is possible. Tshuva Pit Omis is possible. If there's a relationship that needs to be salvaged, it needs to be salvaged now, do it now. You can affect that change now. There's something in you that feels that, you know what, I've gone on too long on the wrong derech. I need to pull myself back. Instantaneous change is possible. We always have to choose the model that works best for us in the situation we're in. But Parashas B'Shalach reminds us that if we do need to hit the brakes and make instantaneous change, Tshuva Petomis, that Koach is inside of us. Maybe Zochem Yertashem to find it and to use it. Wishing everyone a good night of Shabbos and a beautiful Shabbos Kodesh.